This podcast is a member of the Place to Be Nation family. Visit us at placetobenation.com, the only place to be in your pop culture world. Network, friends, family, welcome to this week's episode of Your Home for Everything Current, Up-to-Date, and Modern Wrestling here, there, and everywhere. It is indeed Place to Be Nation's main event. I am your tri-host, Scott Criscolo. Hi, everybody. We've got nothing to talk about tonight. There's been no firings, no drama. There hasn't been a ton of shows. I think we're just going to watch... um, I don't know. Maybe we'll just watch some uh, classic matches of PB. PB. Not CM. PB. That's what he should be called. PB. No. Um, no, of course. We, <laughs> there's been just too much stuff going on, actually. But we're going to talk about all of it tonight. We, we've had three pay-per-views the last two weeks. All in. All out. Payback. Everything was been, everything's been two syllables. Um... We got a show this weekend. In fact, if you're listening to this on Friday, we're listening. The show is tonight, uh, pay per view, and uh, we got some news and notes. And of course, the big thing that's happened uh, over the past couple weeks: the drama of Mr. Philip. He is not Aloysius. He is definitely not Devante. We will have to call him Judas. Oh no, wait, that's Chris Jericho's song. We can't even call him that. Um, anyway. We'll talk some Philip tonight. Not a lot. We are not going to bog the show down with lots of Phil, but there is. We're going to talk a little Phil, uh, and then we'll get into some news and notes because we got a lot of stuff to talk about. La Night and uh, mergers and such. So we've got a jam-packed show tonight, and of course, I have the All Star team with me. This gentleman is an All Star in every right because it is another season of high school football in the delicious state of Virginia. So his boys are going to be taking the field. He is, of course, the purveyor of the Kings of Sport Patreon. He's going to put on his Lester Hayes, stick him, put it all over his ankles and his face mask, and he's going to lead the state of Virginia in picks this year. Good evening, Godfather Nate Milton. Yes, I, I am back, ladies and gentlemen. And for those that were wondering where I was last time, you know, normally I don't like to air our dirty laundry in front of the people, but <laughs> you you know what you did, Scott. You know what you said, and, and, and here's the thing. You you don't have to say what you did, because I already know. I found out from Steve. So so cry me a river, Scott Criscola, because I'm back. And uh, as you said, we, we do have a lot to talk about, a lot of big, meaty men slapping meat. And, uh, yes, this, this is going to be a fun show, sir. I didn't steal your muffins. Mm. I didn't take the muffins off the budget either. <laughs> I talked to I talked to our I talked to the man, K. E. Chris Ely. We keep the muffins. Damn you, <laughs> Nate's always good at each other. Uh, speaking of Mister Conscience, who ratted me out to HR, and then I had to throw a monitor at him. Big jerk face. Good evening, Steve Allen. Well, yeah, you threw the monitor at me, and that was real glass. So you're such a hypocrite, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. You always Lexi told me monitor. how I couldn't use real glass. That's <laughs> <laughs> what heels do. <laughs> uh, Steve, always a pleasure. 
Uh, yeah, boys, lots of Philip. Lots of, we're not talking Phil all night. Uh, no way. Um, but we are going to talk about a lot of fun things that are going down uh, throughout wrestling. Of course, AEW is like making you spend 100 bucks on everything. You've got to spend 100 bucks on extra fights. Um, uh, and that is, of course, what happened in London and Chicago, which seems to be like, it is literally the wrestling hotbed. If you're in the city of Chicago, you must be loving this right now because every promotion wants to go do a show in your city just because. Aren't you lucky, Steve Aloysius, Willie? You can go to shows by hitchhiking. I, I, there's been thoughts of like, hey, do I just like move there at some point? Well, right now, get older. You're, you're going to show so much. You're now I living. Just take cars. trains. <laughs> it save you a lot of money. You'd be yes. living in your car at this point. So, um, anyway, um, we got a lot to talk about. Of course, uh, AEW's two big shows, All In and All Out, happened. We're going to talk about the shows themselves, not just what happened. Uh, backstage of them. Payback uh, happened, of course, in Pittsburgh. A couple of PT beers were there. I think Mr. D'Amato went. I think the cowboy, Roger Moore, said. I think he went, too, to uh, Yitzburg. Um, or what is, what is it called? Uh, um, Britsburg. Britsburg. Mm. Oh, boy. Oh, and if you think you're going to buy a Jaguars belt, ha! Ain't happening. Mm. I heard a story about that from one of my my best friends on the planet who works for WWE about the Jaguars thing. Although there's a story about that out too. Um, so we'll talk about that. We will talk a little Phil. As mentioned, big pay-per-view tonight in wrestling uh, from one of our favorite promotions. And I will actually be there this evening. So hmm. um, GCW got some stuff going on. Steve went to a GCW show and did not get the clap or typhoid fever or any kind of fever. He didn't get night fever, or boogie night fever, or boogie fever. Mm. I did get a little Saturday night fever, though, if you know what I mean. Woo-hoo! And I think you do. Woo-hoo! Mm. Um, and then I got some, I want some news on Mr. Knight. Yeah! And, uh, you know, some other stuff. And, of course, uh, a ratings story about collision that may not make Mr. Khan very happy. But, anyway. Um... Let us begin, boys, and do some recaps. Now, of course, uh, we'll start quickly because the show was a couple of weeks ago. Let us start with um, All In, which took place uh, two weeks ago, I guess it would be, um, in uh, London, England, at Wembley. Almost 80,000. And it was overall... In the ring, it was a great show, mm-hmm. from what I have heard. I did not see it, of course, unfortunately. But, um, And then, of course, All Out was this past Sunday in Chicago. The night before, we had Payback, as I mentioned, in Pittsburgh. So we'll talk about those first. So All In, uh, in London, of course, we had the Better Than You, Bay Bay, Double Dip, as, of course... Adam Cole and MJF won the ROH Tag Team Championships um, on the pre-show. And then at the end of the night, had a banger of a main event where MJF retained his world championship. Um, Hook defeated Jack Perry for the now-retired FTW Championship. Jack Perry didn't do much of anything else the rest of the day. 
Um, uh, the real world championship, which is now melted down into Kama's chain, uh, was defended. Uh, Mr. Punk defeated Samoa Joe. Bullet Club Gold defeated the Golden Elite in a six-man tag. FTR defeated the Bucks in 2145 to retain the tag titles. Uh, Eddie Kingston, Penta, and Best Friends defeated with Orange Cassidy. Defeated BCC, Mike Santana, and Ortiz in a stampede, in that uh, stadium stampede. Soraya is your new women's champion. She won the four-way against Hikaru Shida, Britsburg, and Tony Storm. Darby Allen and Sting won their coffin match against Christian Cage and Swerve Strickland. Will Ospreay defeated Chris Jericho. The Acclaimed defeated the House of Black to win the uh, House Rules No Holds Barred Six Man to win the Trios title. And in the, as I mentioned in the main event, MJF defeated Adam Cole. Uh, Steve, uh, just general thoughts on the show. Well, it's interesting you asked me that. So I went to All Out. I watched All In, went to the GCW show, watched Payback. The way the wrestling news has been going on rapid fire, I look at the All In crowd and I'm like, God, how long ago was this? Because it's hard for me to remember some of it. And it was only a week and a half ago. So then I can look at this and I can tell you what sticks out very much was the coffin match with Darby and Sting versus Cage and Strickland. I thought mm-hmm. they did fantastic. I thought Darby Allen killed himself uh, several times by taking these huge back bumps onto not like wooden coffins like they usually use in WWE and ACW, but an actual coffin. <laughs> Sting, I, as I was, well, like, who did I, I felt like I was texting with a couple people I was watching all in. Uh, Sting reminds me of the Hulk Hogan, the like opposite of the Hulk Hogan bump challenge, because mm. here's a 64-year-old man taking multiple bumps uh, when he doesn't need to, and just just looking fantastic. And then, and then Swerve and Christian played their parts well. Christian has been this really cool, smarmy heel, you know, claiming he's the television champion. Uh, I, I did so- see him at, I didn't go to StarCast, but I was at the hotel where StarCast was. Mm-hmm. So I was, you know, walking around and I saw Christian who was leaving his meet and greet wearing his suit, his uh, turtleneck and the belt draped over his shoulder with the scowl on his face, completely in character. <laughs> and who does that anymore? So I, I thought that was a lot of fun. Um, the main event, not a typical AEW main event, a lot of storytelling um, more of a sports entertainment match, you know, with cheating, fall, you know, mm-hmm. false finishes, right? Uh, rough bumps, like a, a restart, um, and then MJF winning ultimately as clean as clean can be. Uh, I, I thought that was a way different kind of style match for AEW, but you had two guys in there that that pulled it off fantastically. Um, underrated match I thought was Osprey and Jericho, and it just goes. Mm-hmm. To show, I, I've been a big fan of Jericho creatively this year, but he always seems to stick himself with like the top guys to make him look good. Either the top workers or the top, you know, kind of, you know, stars. And here's Osprey, who's bigger in the world than anyone at this instant. But I, I thought he got a really good match out of Jericho. I, I liked it a lot. Um, yeah, it's all over overall a good show, but. Between the CM Punk stuff and All Out, 
there's going to be some stuff forgotten here. The women's match, I'm definitely something forgotten about. No, no shame to Tony Storm, who's probably my favorite woman wrestler right now with her new character. Um, I think, uh, obviously, the problem that AEW had going into the show was a lot of their best UK performers were unavailable. Yeah. The big one, of course, was Jamie Hayter. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, I think, was supposed to win. Well, she was yeah. supposed to come in as women's champion and keep it. So the closest thing, obviously, was to have Soraya win it. Um, and so she did, but she's a heel. So Jamie Hayter should be back soon. Uh, so I don't have a problem with, with her winning. Um, because, you know, she, again, it kind of fits the narrative. It's a big home, home you know, country pop. It, it, yeah. was, it went over really well. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts, Nate, on Soraya winning? Was is, is do you think that's a that was a smart a smart move for the moment in that crowd? Yes. Uh, and again, yeah, I think that show was a good show. It would have been a good show anywhere, but I feel like it was elevated by that crowd. And so, yeah, I watched that. I watched Payback. I uh, did not watch uh, All In or All Out. Uh, I just didn't have enough time, and yep. so I feel like th- I feel like also there was a way for them to make All Out feel more important before it happened to maybe entice me to to buy two pay per views in two weeks. Uh, but I don't feel like Tony did that through the booking, so I had to make a choice, and I was like, even if All Out is a better show than All In, that crowd to me makes it a a more must see show. Mm-hmm. Uh, so getting back to the women's match, which I thought was really good, Steve, like you said, it it kind of gets lost in the shuffle between all of the other matches on the card and, and all of the muffins and glass being thrown backstage. <laughs> uh, but I thought it was really good. You know, you told a good story. The crowd, to their credit, like it wasn't just this 100 percent pro Soraya crowd like they were they were into sheet at points. They were in the Brit at points. I don't think they ever got into Tony, but I don't think that was the point of <laughs> this match. Uh, and yeah, you continue this dissension story with the outcasts. Uh, and yeah, I feel like there was no way Soraya was going to be a heel to that crowd. And she was arguably, you know, other than Osprey, like the biggest star on this show to these people. So I, I thought it was I thought it was the right call. Yeah, and again, I think it's gonna be temporary. I think eventually Jamie Hader is gonna win the is gonna win the belt back. Tony's good sure. like that. Tony's good like that. Um, what were your thoughts, uh, Nate? On I was not a fan of MJF and Adam Cole winning the tag, winning the ROH tag belts because, as I've said on this show many times, it's a it, eventually, eventually, and uh, Tony's gonna have to start treating ROH like an actual promotion instead of. Instead of AEW's, you know, cousin mm-hmm. Oliver. Um, uh, so the cross promoting is getting annoying um, to this point. They're treating it like 2010, 2009 ECW, WWE, ECW. Mm. So, um, what are your thoughts on that, Steve? I, I'm not a fan of it. Nothing against. I, I'm not saying that Cole and MJF still can't keep the, you know, the the bromance thing going. But I would not have had, I would not have had Aussie open loose. I had mixed feelings about it. Um, 
I think Aussie Open's a great team. They're different than most of the teams because uh, Mark Davis is a big dude. Um, and Kyle Fletcher is, is he's athletic, but he's not like a flippy guy. So he's a little bit different than a lot of the tag teams in AEW. So to just kind of flip it over to MGF and uh, Adam Cole, like I thought where that was going is there was going to be, I thought they were going to lose and there was going to be some miscommunication or maybe Cole and joined the kingdom and they, they were going to jump MJF to, you know, to get uh, a little bit of a shine over him. So in the main event, MJF came in as a massive underdog and the crowd would get behind him. Um, but they're, I think they're seeing how hot this angle is and they're just going to keep going with it, which I mean, I guess that's smart, um, but I do agree what you're saying and, and maybe did it have to be, for a tag team belt of some sort, or could it have just been a regular match? Mm. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts, Nate? I think bell to bell, I dug it. Uh, but, you know, anybody that listened to the last edition of the NWA podcast uh, knows that uh, Chris Ely, the professor, has termed the MJF, Adam Cole, comedy stylings, brofoonery. <laughs> and I feel like uh, it's, it's like they're 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 both good, but for whatever reason, Steve, I don't feel like the angle is hit as hard as with me as they want it to. Uh, but I knew the match was going to be good. I think, you know, when we did our predictions before uh, All In, I predicted that Aussie Open would retain because, again, like you said, that furthers the story of you know can these two guys trust each other and which one? Like you've got two frogs and two scorpions. And the question is, which one is going to be the scorpion that ends up on the frog's back by the time they reach the riverbanks? Right. Uh, and that's not what we got. Uh, so I can't say I'm enjoying the the journey, Steve, but I think by the time we get to the ultimate destination, when we get the turn from one of these guys, prefer, uh, probably Adam Cole, like it, it's going to be good. I think the skits have been really funny. Um mm. I think they've been pretty creative. The one at the uh, altitude, the trampoline park, oh. legitimately cracked me up. My son was in the room and he thought it was hysterical. I'm worried because he goes to altitude that he mm. might start doing that. But, you know, here we go. Maybe he joins the kingdom. He could, maybe he could join the kingdom. <laughs> as long as Matt Taven doesn't give him shots. Um, but, I mean, you know... You know, Maria can babysit. You know, I'm just, I'm just saying. It's a win-win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I did see Maria at StarCast and said hello. Whew. That's all I'll say. <laughs> That's all that needs to be said, Steve. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and it was more like, hey, 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 Maria. Good to see you. How, how are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> you got You schmucked yourself. Um, um, <laughs> uh, will you sign my chest? Um, uh, overall, the show looked seemed like it was good. I watched a lot of clips on uh, on YouTube, yeah. and, and, and 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 I will say, uh, Scott, uh, because I feel like we're going to rightfully so come down upon this person in a few minutes. I feel like the fact that Punk and Joe, after what happened in the back, put on. A damn good match. Like it, it, it was a really strong match. Uh, like I will applaud the Muffin Man's professionalism in that one moment. 
because it would have been easy for him, Steve Willie, knowing knowing his personality at this age, to kind of sandbag the match, given that he was in a mood. But I thought him and Joe went out there and had a hell of a match. It sure sounded like Joe was pissed off um, mm-hmm. with what was with, with everything that happened, especially, you know, it, it's his match, too. Right. You know, that he was going out for it all happened right before that. And there is even, you know, now that we know what happened and I remember the match because I remember Joe being like pretty excitable and like mm-hmm. almost like. Almost not like a not typical when he did the Olay kicks. He had this huge smile on his face <laughs> and was like really clapping and being kind of like it's like oh okay he he was going through some stuff right there. But yeah, they they did have a a pretty good match. I thought the show was legitimately great. I I, I thought all three shows that we're going to be talking about, all three major shows, were all great. Um, I, I enjoyed all three of them, some more than others. There are, of course, some, some like, you know, there are some parts of payback I didn't really care for. There are a little bit of all in, a little bit of all out. But overall, it was a great week of wrestling. I, I agree. Um, uh, from what little bit I watched of the two a, uh, AEW shows, and I did watch uh, I did watch uh, payback. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll get into the Phil aspect of this in a minute. Let's just talk wrestling because that's more fun. Yeah. Um, uh, they did. One thing I did like uh, when House of Black came out, everybody lit their phones to honor mm-hmm. uh, to honor Bray, uh, which is very cool. Um, you know what I forgot about? On a side note, when it comes to Bray, follow the buzzards. I fucking mm. love that. I love that that saying. Mm-hmm. Did they do a follow the buzzards T-shirt? I don't remember. They probably they did. did. Yeah, I think they did. I liked follow the buzzards. Um. Now we move ahead a week to Chicago, and a show that I thought they kind of half-assed. I'll be quite honest with you. Ended up being a solid show, but I feel like they did half-ass it. Um. Uh, and that is, of course, all out in Chicago, which of course did not have Philip. And we would find out the the television and company repercussions of No Philip in a minute. But here's your uh, card on the uh, pre-show. Uh, Hangman won the Battle Royale, the over-budget charity. I don't even know what the fuck that means. Battle Royale. <laughs> uh, Hikaru Shida, Willow Nightingale, I love her. And Sky Blue defeated Athena, Mercedes, and Diamante. Diamante? Mm-hmm. I always say that wrong. Okay. In a six-woman tag. Uh, the Acclaimed retained their scissored trios championship belts Jeez. Mm. by beating Jarrett, Sanam Singh, and Jay Lethal. Yes, they, you can actually, the, the, the ends of the belts of their, <laughs> of their uh, personalized trios titles <laughs> are scissored. Sir. Could you imagine if Billy Gunn and Road Dog did the scissor thing in 1999-2000? How horrifying those promos would have been. Mm-hmm. Mm. Horrifying. I barely trust AEW now. Imagine lawless uh, Vince Russo in 99. <laughs> Good grief. Um, uh, on the main show, uh, Better Than You, Bay Bay defeated the Dark Order. John Silver annoys me. I don't know why. He just does. Uh, he um, does to me, too. Uh, yeah. 
It's yeah. like Danny DeVito on steroids. I don't know. I just I know something about him. He annoys me. Anyway, uh, they retained the uh, ROH tag belts. Joe defeated Shane Taylor to retain the ROH TV title. Um, Luchasaurus defeated Darby Allen to retain the TNT title, which Christian Cage carries the belt around. Uh, that annoys me, but Christian Cage is a heel, so I guess it works. Miro beat Powerhouse Hobbs. I want to talk to Nathaniel about that match. Uh, Chris Statlander retained the TBS title against Ruby Soho. Brian Danielson defeated Ricky Starks in a no DQ strap match. I got to be honest, I thought 22 minutes was way too long. You give me give me your opinion, Steve, because you were there. I think 22:40 was too long, but that's just me. Uh, the BCC defeated Eddie Kingston and Shibata by pinfall in a tag. Takashita defeated Kenny in 30:30. So new Japan that was. That match had to be half I'm an hour. I'm seeing 22-21 on cage match. That's interesting. Wiki has 30-30. Yeah, that's a huge difference. I wonder what. Yeah. Uh, Bullet Club Gold defeated FTR and the Bucks in an eight-man. It's like a New Japan show, for Christ's sakes. Yeah, I think I think that maybe they're counting intros. Because yeah. they had the strap match at 16-39. Okay. Because I was going to say, when you said 22 minutes, I'm like, wow, that really didn't feel like 22 minutes. All right, well, a- and then, of course, in the main event, Mox defeated... Uh, uh, Orange Julius, uh, who juiced Orange Juice Julius to re to win the uh, international title, and I gotta be honest with you, I gotta thank Philip for making me like Mox just a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Because you know what Mox said a year ago? Mm-hmm. It's going now because he ain't gonna be around in a year. <laughs> uh, fragile, fragile mind, fragile ego, fragile body. Uh, next time paraphrase. I see you live, I will not be asleep in front of you. I promise. <laughs> um. <laughs> Um, and I do like the, what is it, Death Jitsu. I love that hoodie. Mm-hmm. I wish they'd sell the Death Jitsu. If you find it, Steve, you tell me. Yeah, I gotcha. I got the, I want that Death, Jit, Death Jitsu hoodie, because uh, hoodie, uh, hoodie, that's cool. Anyway, um, all right, so do you have Cage Match open? I want to read off the times and see if, if, if they fucked up. Yeah, so, I got it. So the ROH tag was 1405. Yeah, 1408. Okay. Joe and Shane was 625. Yep. Lucha and Darby was twelve twenty. Yeah, twelve fourteen. Miro and Powerhouse was fifteen forty. Oh uh, yeah, fifteen thirty four. Wow, that seems like a long match. Wow. Um, I uh, think they went long based on the crowd reaction. I, I have thoughts about that. Just, just okay. being there live. Uh, Statlander Ruby was twelve twenty five. Twelve twenty, yeah. Okay, and then it says Danielson and Starks twenty two forty. Yeah, sixteen thirty nine. That's. It, it didn't seem like 2240, so something's weird there. Yeah. Okay. Uh, BCC against Eddie and Shibata was 1555. 1550. Okay. Takashita and Kenny was 3030. No way. There's no way that was 30 minutes. <laughs> I would have died. I would have peed my pants. Uh, 2221. <laughs> I don't even think. I think it. I don't even think it had a 30 minute. I think it probably had a 30 minute time limit. Yeah, I would think so. Right. Yeah. Um, the Bullet Club Gold against FTR and Bucks was twenty one thirty five. Yeah, twenty one forty one, and it felt like it. And oh, really? And uh, there, there's yeah, it, that was and, the crowd in another way. Mox mm-hmm. and Mox and Julius was uh, nineteen fifty. Yep, nineteen fifty. All right, or so why they because they, they're both like about they're both matches are about both times are about seven minutes off, both of them. And and they're both like the best match on the two best matches on the show. 
So it's kind of weird, like what what was going on there. Hmm. Um. So, what, what were your thoughts, uh, Steve, in the building? Uh, did you like that they left Hoffman and are, were actually in an actual arena? Yeah, I did. Um, yeah, th- there's just something about going to the United Center, um, you know, the house that Michael built, even more so that, you know, with Rodman being there was really neat. Mm. Uh, he was genuinely, I saw an interview with him after Collision, which, good God, uh, they did not sell tickets for Collision. Um, that, that I didn't go to Collision, but... It was very easy to get tickets for very cheap uh, for Collision because I think they only had 5,000 people there. Um, They had about 10, I want to say. It it looked pretty good all out in terms of how many people. But Mm -hmm. Raman did an interview after Collision backstage with with the Bulls, and he was really choked up. Um, He said that he hadn't been back in like 13 years, which, uh, you know, he's probably got some damaged brain cells in there. Uh, but he was just really thankful for the response he got at both shows um, and how he always tried to play for the city when he was in Chicago. Um, so, yeah, it was it was cool to see him, knowing how much like a part of my like teenage years um, or college years, I should say, were with with Robin to, to see him in person and pretty close up was was cool. I mean, the match was was nothing. It was just basically to to get Rodman out there and have him. Smash shot and I'm singing with the with the guitar. Mm. Um, mm. The the crowd was honestly better than I thought. You know, there was all the talk on Saturday night with the kind of like you know I in the hotel watched some of the you know some of the post coverage and some of the you know other coverage and mm-hmm. people were like they're going to hijack this show. Chicago's going to hijack this show, and I just. I watched Dynamite on Wednesday, which was from Hoffman Estates, and there really wasn't much in terms of CM Punk's chance, CM Punk chance, and he hadn't even been fired at that point. Right. So when I was there, I can only speak from when I was there, not Collision. Um, the show started at six. The pre-show started at six. We got inside around five thirty. And it's like that time when everyone's kind of waiting around if you've been to wrestling shows and you always have like the jackasses who woo like Flair or now do the yeah like LA Knight. And some people try to start a CM Punk chant and within seconds it got booed down <laughs> and then people started chanting Cult Cabana. And I was like, okay. let's." And I think one time during the show before the Buck match someone started it was immediately shot down. Uh, I don't even think that came across on TV. Uh, where it became a problem was the eight-man match. Um, yes. And it just shows how stupid some of these fans are because they're like, oh, we're going to yell at, you know, we're going to voice our pleasure at the Young Bucks because they're the EVPs. Uh, well, guess what? The match before there was an EVP, uh, and he was getting cheered like none other, which is Kenny. <laughs> Um, so it's just <laughs> like, uh, well, well, we like Kenny. So what was happening at the beginning, because I think people who watch the show misinterpreted like how much the booze were. What happened was people started chanting for CM Punk or fuck the elite. And then other people booed them, like tried to out boo them to shut down those things. So for a while, like the booze were unbelievably loud because <laughs> you had just this cacophony. And then mm-hmm. you'd have people chanting for the Young Bucks, and then they would have people chanting for the Elite, and then CM Punk. And it was just, it was a little too much. 
Um, the Jacksons have no problems being heels at all. Uh, I, I think, right. like, when they did PWG, they were, like, the super heels. And that's when they started doing all the weird Meltzer driver stuff because they, they were they were trolling. Uh, like, so I, I thought it was annoying because it just took away from the match itself. Um, and you even forgot that the Bull Club was in there. And the Bull Club is a pretty hot act right now. So I was bored right. by it. Um, the one person tried to start it during a CM Punk chant during the main event, and boy, I mean, the people who were starting him in our section were drunk and or high. And also, for all the displeasure they were showing, the two people in front of us who were starting that each paid five hundred dollars for their tickets. So Oof. clearly, you're not too bad. Clearly, you showed Tony. Yeah, you showed him. Threw down a thousand dollars plus fees plus all the merch that you had too. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it was it, it, that was bizarre. But for the most part, where they lacked in build up, you knew that these guys were fired up, these wrestlers, and they put on a hell of a wrestling show. Angle wise, you know, not the, as much, but in terms of straight up just fun wrestling matches, um, it, it was fantastic. Mm. Did you catch any of it, Nate? I didn't. So I caught a little bit, you know, after the fact. And to Steve's point, the only match that I caught that really felt that influence was the Bucks match. Yeah. Uh, and, and yeah, that, that was where it actually came across on the broadcast. Uh, but I would say, other than the main event, uh, that that big meaty man slapping meat, the Big E special <laughs> match. It was, that um, was probably my favorite match of the show. It was so fun. Um, I didn't expect it to happen. I, I thought it might more happen in the Joe Taylor match, but not many people were aware of Taylor. Yeah, and they and they did. They only gave that match like five six minutes. It was yeah. It was a, a discredit to that match. It was. Um, I respected the fact that Joe let Taylor throw him around. You don't see like the first couple minutes. Taylor was throwing Joe around the ring, and then he had this real cool draping like stunner move where he had uh, Joe draped over the top rope and was carrying him before. It's kind of like what Randy Orton does, only at the top rope and in reverse. So J Joe was very giving to him for the few minutes that they have. The <laughs> Miro Hobbs match was just, like, it's going to get overrated in terms of the quality of the match. Right. Um, you know, I've seen stiffer matches a lot, but the, it, it's you know, you don't usually see in AEW two big dudes going at each other. And I credit Miro a lot because Hobbs is still pretty young. Miro kind of realized what was going on with the crowd. You, I mean, you couldn't not. So he started, I mean, he was pumped up. He was just like filled with energy. And then he like, like whispered to Hobbs uh, something. And then he went and did the Seamus spot. I, I, what is it called? The Bells of the Bowery or whatever it is like the 10 arms while he's on the apron, I, you knew that that wasn't planned. And that's why I think this match went longer than expected because um, they just went with it and had a good time. And th there was a probably, you know, besides the Danielson match and the Moxley match, um, the biggest crowd reaction mm. um, because it didn't feel like when people hijack matches with like puns and stuff, and it's just trying to entertain themselves. 
I really honestly think it was like with the match. They were like going with the match and like respecting the match as opposed to a lot of other shows, AEW, WWE, not throwing shade at either of them. A lot of shows just in general where there'll be people trying to take over with chance and stuff. And this, this felt more organic. Mm-hmm. Um, my one takeaway is I still, and I'll say this, I said it in the last, when we just talked about All In, is eventually, maybe in the new year they'll do it, but how about we make Collision one of two things need to happen. I think either Rampage or Collision need to be an ROH-specific show. I agree. I think it should be uh, Rampage. Um. I'm going to talk about Collision a little bit when we do our news and notes because there was some uh, not-so-great news <laughs> of Collision this past Saturday. Um, we'll get to that. Uh, because you've got um, Claudio, who's a tremendous champion. I did like Eddie's Kingston's, even though he's, I still don't like him as a wrestler, but I liked Eddie Kingston's Claudio Sucks Eggs. Rest in peace, Terry Funk. That was Funk. great. Yeah. Uh, rest in peace, Terry Funk. Um uh, for those that maybe are a little young and didn't get the get the joke, uh, one of the most infamous uh, T-shirts Terry Funk wore in the early 80s when they in Florida when he was feuding with Dusty Rhodes was a T-shirt that looked exactly like the one Eddie was wearing, except it said, of course, Dusty sucks eggs. And that was just that's such a Terry Funk thing. Mm-hmm. So so he was mimicking it by saying Claudio sucks eggs for those that are a little young and may not know known what the shirt meant because you probably looked at it and said, wow, that shirt looks really basic like it was made in a basement (laughs) and at the time probably was um but uh so that's my take is that i I have no problem i think the show was good the matches were solid but i do think that it's time for roh to finally have its own platform and stop just kind of interspersing it's it's annoying rampage or collision has to become an roh centric show it does i Um, think it wouldn't be that hard to do with rampage I don't think so either. Just tape an ROH show on, on Wednesday night. Yeah. And you're, and you're fine. Yep. Start making guys like Claudio feel special. And do like secondary Ring of Honor matches uh, before Collision. If that's, you know, you could still do the Honor Club thing. Um, but yeah, make it, you know, you could have. And, and you can put a couple of AEW guys in there, that, you know, your younger talent. And right. um and then have them come up to AEW to maybe like do jobs or something like that when it's, you know, not like the top guys, but yeah, to be able to, I mean, Shane Taylor would be the perfect example of it to be able to have people see Shane Taylor. I mean, th- no one disliked him. No one was like, they just didn't know who he was by the time the match was the, you know, they cheered. Mm. Right. So anyway, here's my hot take. Yes. Uh, Brian Danielson in the strap match, a hundred times better than anything CM Punk would have done in a strap match. Mm, probably. No, I, I don't that, you, probably. Uh, they beat the shit out of each other. Scott, you would have loved this match. They they were starting to exchange straps to the face. They were like wow. going for the neck, but some of them were ending up in like the upper neck to the cheek. And uh, you know, I, I don't think Danielson was really ready to come back. I think he just did because of the punk thing. Yeah. Because he said afterwards in the scrum, he's 
he gave all the credit to Starks. He's like, listen, Starks carried me through that whole thing. He said, like, if you notice my arm, I didn't, he, he didn't throw any punches with his arms at all. Uh, he only did kicks and then using the straps. And he really wasn't like suplexing people that much. It was more like using the strap, using submissions. Um, but oh, cow, and he bled buckets too, Danielson. Uh, it was it was a pretty vicious, vicious strap match. And it wasn't that stupid four corner thing that I hate. It was just mm-hmm. straight up, you know, pinner submission. Uh, I have to watch that match because it's it's my one of my favorite gimmicks. You would and, love it, and uh, I'm a you know I'm a Ricky Starks guy because he started in the NWA. So, um, and now a sad. It didn't hit me until a minute uh, earlier today. Uh, so Saturday night was of course WWE Payback, which was in Pittsburgh. Uh, a nice, night, neat and tidy six-match show with a very long Grayson Waller effect. Um, Becky Lynch defeated Trish Stratus in a cage at 20 minutes. Trish Stratus' first cage match because she always wanted one when she was in her prime and they wouldn't let her. L.A. Knight, yeah, defeated The Miz. John Cena was the guest ref, 1545. Rey Mysterio, who I'm kind of done with, defeated Austin Theory to retain the U.S. title at 945. Um, in a match that I originally loved, and then I realized that eh, maybe it did go a little too long. The Judgment Day are your new World Tag Team Champions. They beat Kevin Owens and Sammy by pinfall in a Steel City Street fight. Uh, it was very cool. All the, all the, um, um, all of the callbacks and tributes that uh, Kevin Owens did from a Terry Funk T-shirt to a Mario Lemieux jersey. <laughs> um, my uh, my uh, sister-in-law's niece is a huge. Uh, Penguins fans, so she would have appreciated that. Um, Rhea Ripley retained the women's world title in her China tribute gear. Everybody's doing tributes on Saturday. Uh, She defeated Raquel Rodriguez. And in the main event, Seth freaking Rollins retained uh, the world heavyweight title, defeating uh, Shinsuke Nakamura in 2605. Um, That was a good match. I love, I'm a huge Seth Rollins guy right now. I love Seth. Um, I love everybody in the WWE right now, except Rey Mysterio, and I'll get to that. I'll get to why in a minute. But guys, um, let's put. You need to do me a favor, okay? We're talking history here, so put put away any legal things, anything involving the people in the family and the images and no preconceived notions. Put all that away for a minute, because considering what's about to happen this coming Tuesday. Payback is the final pay-per-view in the history of this company Oh wow! solely run by a McMahon. <laughs> Whether by blood or by marriage. Mm. Say what you want about Snidely Whiplash and what a piece of shit he is. <laughs> all wrestling, all carnies are pieces of shit. Let's put that to the side for a minute. Because you could do that. It's okay. 50 years of running, I mean, at this point, it's 60 years this year. How about that, huh? Yeah. 60 years. 1963. Buddy Rogers was the inaugural WWWF champion. 60 years old. 
And on Tuesday, they will no longer be an independent entity. Think about that for a minute. 60 years. It's crazy. It's crazy when you think about it. When No Mercy, NXT's next big show, emanates from Bakersfield, California on Saturday night, the end of the month, September 30th, that will be the first pay-per-view or first big show of the Endeavor era. Brought to you by Ram and uh, Ari Emanuel. Ram, Ram, Ram Emanuel. <laughs> yep. Steve, stop with the Chicago shit. <laughs> anyway. That's his brother, right? That's, is it really? No, it's yeah. Not. Is it really? Yeah. Oh, oh, that's not a good sign. Anyway, I'm just waiting for NXT Commissioner Lori Lightfoot. That's <laughs> oh, that's oh what the world God. needs. Holy Christ! <laughs> hey, that Von Wagner, he really know how he really knew how to fake getting a fucking concussion. Just a commissioner a that looks like a '40s gangster. Yeah, and of course, uh, Von Wagner, of course. Braun Breaker didn't know how to doesn't know how to do the the, the steps move right and almost crushed mm. Von Wagner's head the other night. I don't know if anybody saw that that happened. Um, NXT is kind of like a rampage for me. It just doesn't exist, <laughs> which is crazy because it's not bad. It's pretty. Great. I'm, I'm sure it's not. I'm not like, and that's not me throwing shade at them either. Like. There's just only so much time in a day. And yeah, a that week. is true. There's only so much wrestling. Like I haven't. I got to be honest. With me, it's economics. Yeah. I, I love. I I am not anti AEW, and you all know that. But no, bucks, But a hundred bucks for in seven in, in over a seven day stretch just for wrestling. I just that can't swing it. He said Tony Khan said in some interview this week that he had tried to do Get a, bundle. A, a a bundle package, yes, I did and see it that. was it was. Poo-pooed. It, yeah, it wasn't Bleacher Report, but it was the cable companies yeah. that wouldn't do it. Um, so I'm hoping that next year yeah. uh, that's the case, because I think even like 20 to $25 off would probably mm-hmm. help quite a bit. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I think by I have a I have a, a, a an interesting theory. I think by double or nothing. This is a theory, and you guys can hold me to it when we as over the coming months. I think by double or nothing, AEW will be a part of Max. Yeah, I can see them maybe doing some of the shows on Max and then some on pay per view. I like, would do, let's maybe keep way. maybe keep it four on the pay per view and then like instead of adding all these other shows, do those on Max. I would do double or nothing. And all one of the alls. You can't do both. If you're going to do two of them yeah. in seven days, you cannot do both of them as pay per view. You can't. I suggest, since they're making more money at Wembley, I would make all in the Max show and make mm-hmm. all out the pay per view. You're making they're making a ton of money on the Wembley, but I know we're going off the path here. But I'm just yeah. Saying, we'll get more to this topic. It'll be though. interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, cool. It is so. too much. Yeah, it's like the economics for me. It's the it's the time commitment because there's so much that I like to watch and there's so much mm. I would watch. But um, after Collision started, I I have only watched like two collisions. Mm. Uh, I watched the first one and and I would easily say out of the three of us, I'm the biggest AEW fan. But that's just kind of where I'm at. Right. 
um, you know, I watch all the pay-per-views. I have been watching the WWE pay-per-views for the most part this year, um, which I haven't in the last couple of years. Um, but then, you know, I've, you know, watched New Japan and like when G1 came up, that just took a priority for me. And, you know, I could occasionally watch other stuff, too. And, you know, I want to have somewhat of a family life. Well, maybe not now with my children. I, they might be hearing me, but that's fine. Um, but, like, <laughs> you know, I want to spend some time with my wife. Right. I want to have, like, you know, maybe get out of the house and touch grass, as the kids say now. Um. Yeah, I. Uh... Hey, look, WWE did it. I remember 2006. In the span of four weeks, WWE did Survivor Series, December to Dismember, and Armageddon. And back then, that's 2006, we're talking 90 bucks during mm -hmm. Christmas season when you're buying gifts and stuff. Yeah, so WWE's guilty of it. It's not the first. I'm not, this is not, I'm not blaming, you know, this isn't the first time that a, that a promotion tried to fleece you for that kind of price. So, yeah, and you're saying you, the two of those three shows sucked. So, so, you know. And what I'm hearing you saying, too, is the economics of all of it. Right. You know, it's not just one promotion. It's, yeah. you know, you have to pick and choose. Like, you know, if you're a fan of Japanese wrestling, it's not just New Japan. There's Stardom and there's a lot of other smaller companies. They all have their own streaming services. Mm -hmm. You combine the money and you combine the time. There's it's hard. Like I've talked many times before on this show that it actually um, I get kind of frozen and overwhelmed by it at times. Yeah, because it's not just wrestling. There's tons of other stuff to watch, too. So and, kind of, you know, and you're talking about like, look at Impact. They do. Yeah, a, I would they, love they to watch Impact. But they do, you know, they do it right. They do. They have a few big pay-per-views. They're big ones. Slammiversary, Bound for Glory. I think there's one more. The rest are Impact Pluses. Mm -hmm. Victory Road. I'm surprised that the show tonight, Victory Road, is not a pay-per-view because that's like the first show ever. Yeah. December of, or what was it, November? Or December of 2004, November of 2004? It was the first pay-per-view in the history of the company, and it's only a Impact Plus show. The rest, you, you know, you have to, I think Slammiversary is a is a buy, a, a buy show. Mm -hmm. Bound for Glory definitely is, because that's their WrestleMania. And there's one other show that's, uh, there's one other show that's, that they, that you have to buy. Maybe two more. Anyway, we went off the path. But 60 years of an independent company and on on September 30th in Bakersfield when NXT does No Mercy that will be the first major show of the Endeavor era until we mentioned crappy Chicago mayors um, <laughs> except Kelsey Grammer he's the greatest Chicago mayor ever um, <laughs> anybody watch that show it was a good show my guy Brandon's doing okay so far it seems <laughs> um, so Overall, I thought the show was really good. Um, L.A. Knight is over, and we'll, we have a L.A. Knight news story we'll get into in a minute. Um, him and The Miz had a great match. I liked the I liked the steel cage. Fans, I think, are into Zoe Stark, and backstage, they like her a lot. They liked mm -hmm. her byplay with Trish Stratus. Um, sadly, apparently, according to speaking of Becky Lynch, she had some issue with her passport. She will not be in India today huh. we're listening to this on friday she could not go to superstar spectacle wherever it is in india today tonight that's a bummer um something with her like there's a there was a tear in her passport it was really weird so it's something with this her week already good god it's tonight wow today. 
If you're listening to this on on, on the, the Friday that it drops, it's today. Not televised. It is not right. on the network. It's not on the cock. It's not. It's it's only on local Indian TV. And you know what? Good for them. Good for them. They deserve. It's it's India's first big WWE show since 2017. You know, it's not the blood money country or whatever. So <laughs> let the let the let them have their their own show. You know, just there. Just it's like a house show. It's a special mm. thing. Let them have it. There's okay. so much Shanky on that show. Shanky. <laughs> Where has Shanky been? Do we come back to uh, to Jinder Mahal as WWE? (laughs) Jinder Mahal ends (laughs) Roman Reigns' streak? Oh, God, shoot me. Uh, That's how you finish the story, Scott. That's how you finish the story. No Devontae. Um, Oh, and then, of course, there was the Grayson Waller effect, where Jey Uso is now main event, Jey Uso, 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 and he is going to be on Raw, while Jimmy and the rest of the bloodline will be on uh, SmackDown. Nate, uh, how much did you catch of Payback, and what did you think? I caught most of Payback. Uh, and again, to your point earlier, I think, you know, and granted, AEW can't do this with all of their shows because they still have to turn a profit. Uh, but there's there's something to the ease of just going to Peacock, and it's there, and you've already got it on your TV, uh, versus, like, with AEW, like, you have to do things. You have right. to <laughs> You know, you have to go to, you know, you have to install the Bleacher Report app or wherever you're getting it from. And like there's there's more work to be done with an AEW show just by function of the platforms that they're currently on. So if they were on HBO Max, it would be a lot easier. And uh, I think, you you know, you lose the pay-per-view money, but you probably gain more eyeballs just because it's more convenient. Correct. Uh, So I caught most of the show. Uh, Again, I think Becky and Trish was great. I thought the tag match uh, was great. Uh, I like the uh, Grayson Waller segment. Just be, it's for anything for the pettiness of Jay Uso's theme reworked theme song, Steve Willie. <laughs> where like you've got Jay Uso rapping. It's just me down since day one. Like don't 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 think about the fact that my twin was born at the exact same time as I was. It's just me, <laughs> Jay Uso. Uh, so I think that's an interesting wrinkle to kind of throw on the raw, uh, is having Jay Uso in there. Uh, the LA night mismatch was what it was like, not a great match, but as you said, Scotty, LA night is definitely over, uh, easily one of the, you know, three or four most over performers on payback. Uh, it's good to see John Cena getting a, getting a check. You know, he needs it, Steve. Yeah. Uh, the strike and everything. Yeah. yeah. He's a struggling actor. Mm-hmm. So it was good that Vince threw him a bone. Yes. Uh, and then just seeing like, it feels like they went through a lull with the judgment days and now they're, they're back in the judgment day business because not only did we get the, you know, the real win, which, you know, I think everybody expected that. Uh, and then we got, uh, you know, Finn and, uh, Damien winning the tag titles. And so I thought that was a good night for the judgment day. Uh, Overall, I'd say, honestly, and this is no disrespect to All Out, which if I actually, you know, sat down and watched it start to finish, Steve Willie, is probably a better show. But I think out of the big three shows, it probably was my second favorite after All In. And a lot of that just goes to the ease of of watching it. Right. Um, 
obviously, yeah, I think that's a that's a big thing. I I didn't watch it live. And there were more storylines. To your point, Steve, like All Out was a wrestling show, like a really good wrestling show. But if you were looking for storylines, there was not a lot to be had on that show. Which is why I don't think they should do do the same thing next year. I think the back I think the back to back weeks weekends is a bad idea. Well, or if you're going to do it, I feel like you have to have a little bit more forethought because it felt like that all out card kind of came together in the last two weeks. I yes. feel like if they're going to do it and, and, and I'm going to I'm going to say this. If they're going to do it, they should do what the NWA does for NWA 75. Have all in shows. Have all in shows, all in matches affect all out matches. A match between this person and this person. The winner faces this person. Or this person, you know, there's a number one contenders, and the winner of that match faces this guy for the international. Like, have them, you know, coincide together. Either do that or have split crews where you're getting different people on different shows. That's that's also a money saver, too, because... Yeah, and maybe have your top ones, your top people do both, maybe. Yeah. I do uh, completely agree that, and that's why I think like it was a really good wrestling show. It was a fantastic wrestling show, but yeah. there really wasn't um, much in terms of continuing stories, except somewhat for the MJF, mm-hmm. Adam mm-hmm. Cole. Um, it did exist on some way separately. Um, yeah. Uh, in terms of payback, uh, the cage match, I loved it. Mm-hmm. I, I too. thought. I, I thought Trish Stratus was incredible in that match. Uh, I worried for her safety. She was doing so multiple times. The on the top of the cage when she put her legs in between the that I don't like mm-hmm. the truss kind of in the middle of the truss and leaned all the way back. I thought she was going to blow out both of her ACLs. And I know mm-hmm. she's a yoga master, but like I still thought she was going to break both tear both of her so ACLs. You're saying you hope yeah. she didn't have a truss fall, Steve? Mmm. Mm, yes. Um, and then I thought I, the cake. Oh, sorry. Her, her, her body, uh, uh, the uh, hematoma she had on her yeah. her forehead, and then you can see bruises on her arms. I I saw a picture of her afterwards, and she was just like she had her, a pretty big nugget. She yeah, had a she nugget had a huge her. nugget. Her arms were completely bruised from like shoulder to hand. Mm-hmm. Um, she just took a beating. The the superplex too. Like they kind of fell in a curve, and like, good God, they they just brought it far, out, like exceeded my expectations for that match. I agree. Um, it was the match of my night night for me because yeah, um, I, I mean, I'm still thinking about it. I can I can picture the match clear as day, um, and of course, I enjoyed the the street fight. It was kind of brought me back to some more of the Attitude Era type street fights uh, with right. Owens doing the dive bomb like the Swanton and almost murdering himself and. Mm-hmm. Um, it was pretty fun. Um, I, I know Dave. Dave's not going to do it because Dave's a pussy. But I think this. I think that match should get some match of the year talk. I think it should too. That I, I, it's. I would probably give it four and a half stars. I mean, yeah. that's how much I I liked it. I agree. Um, our man Marty Slees, uh, who I whose opinion I value, I love Marty to death. He um. Was not a fan of the tag. He hates the Judgment Day, so that kind of clouded his judgment. No pun intended. No pun intended. But he thought the match went too long. I don't. I half agree. 
I think maybe it could have been cut a little bit, but I thought the I thought the 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 violence was fitting. Yeah, uh, they took some crazy ass bumps. Um, crowd was into it. Crowd was was fucking. I, I thought it was wall. Yeah, I uh, thought it was fine. I'm happy the Judgment Day won. I mean, Sammy and Kevin. Look, they've had him since Mania, so it's a good run. Got to advance. They're the new faction now. The bloodline's gone. Uh, that is where the writers will now have a struggle because, and we'll talk about this because obviously he wasn't on the show, but what uh, what Mr. Reigns is going to do between now and probably Chicago at Survivor Series be next to him. Oh, Survivor Series in Chicago. Wow. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, everything is in Chicago forever, Steve. I- Impact in Chicago with yeah. Osprey next month. Yep. And then that Will's that underserved like, market. Yeah. And then they're doing Turning Point, and then Will's going to be at Turning Point because they're doing a UK uh, spin. Well, uh, well they're, they're different parts of the Chicagoland area, Nate. You know, that's the. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, where they could cut the time was the Rhea Ripley match, and mm-hmm. um, the LA Knight and Miz match was over 15 minutes. Yeah. Plus, you had, I, I don't know how many minutes of Cena and Miz in the ring. But that segment felt like it took forever. Like, I think after between the cage match and that segment, it was already an hour into the show by the time those two things were done. Right. The Grayson Waller piece went a little too long, but that's okay. Cena was a good host. I like how he was making fun of crappy, our past crappy interview announcements. Yeah, that was was really funny. I hope uh, Uh hope Finn didn't get offended that uh, he might have been making fun of his girl, Kathy Kelly, but... Um, mm. she's pretty good. She's pretty good though. Um, but yeah, overall, I thought the show was very good. Nice, tight six, six matches. Although the show is over three hours well, for six matches. I that maybe is a little long, but that's okay. It's a commercials. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And that kind of crap. So, uh, but I enjoyed the show and I look forward to, I don't, the next one is, I think it's fast lane, uh, which is the week after No Mercy. I think it's October 7th, and it is in, I think it's out in Indianapolis is the next one. I think it's at where, wherever the Pacers play. I, it I don't forgot what it's called. It's not Conseco. It's Farmer's Life or something. I don't know what the fuck it's Who called. Knows some, it's some tried. Um, I liked Conseco. It's pretty cool. Anyway, I think it's there. Regardless, that's the next WWE show. But that's the first, do- I mean, I guess technically the NXT show doesn't count. The first WWE show in the Endeavor era will be Fastlane, which is, I think it's October 7th in Indianapolis. We'll talk more about the history of the company, you know, down the line. It's not like it's closing. So, I mean, it's just, you know, Vince is not the boss and that's that. It's probably a good thing at this point, at least fiscally. I feel like creatively things are fine. Um, Now, let's talk about well, let's keep talking about show. I know I'm trying to like avoid Phil as much as possible, but we we are going to get to Phil. Um, there is a show coming up tonight, a pay per view that I am going to be attending, which I'm kind of pumped about. Uh, Impact tonight has Victory Road. It is live from the Westchester County Center in White Plains, New York. Oh, which is literally forty. No, that's that's Glens Falls. Do not. Oh, same thing. <laughs> Same thing. <laughs> Same thing. Guy still hates you. Boo hoo. <laughs> um, from the Westchester County Center in White Plains, New York, uh, which is a legendary place. WWE did house shows there back in the fucking late seventies. Um, Doctor G and I will be there. I believe, and uh, and Mister Damato, the three of us will be there. 
Um, so I'll give you a nice. I'll get my. I'll give you my live opinions of things uh, on our next show in two weeks. Um, this is a now. This is a Impact Plus show. It is not a paid event. So if you have Impact Plus, the show is absolutely free. Or I shouldn't. Well, it's complimentary as part of your subscription. That way, you're not paying extra. So, um. Um, the card looks like this. Eight matches. Uh, Trinity will defend the Knockouts World Title against Alicia Edwards, who won a Battle Royal. She won at the old. Uh, she won at the old um, uh, Billy uh, Road Dog Way, hiding until it ended. Um, Deanna Perazzo and Jordan Grace. Jordan Grace is returning. This is a non-title match because Jordan Grace could not face Deanna Perazzo while she was champion. But of course, Deanna's not champion right now. Uh, this match I'm most looking forward to. I'm expecting shit flying everywhere. Leo Rush will be defending the X Division title against Kushida. I am very excited about that match live. The Rascals will defend the tag team titles against the MCMG. Ooh, that'll be great, too. Yes, Chris Sabin and our world champion, Alex Shelley. Kenny King, who did not win tough enough season two which i forgot he was on i was watching i watched the first episode of season two today um he is facing tommy dreamer for the digital media championship if tommy loses he must retire of course tommy's from this area so obviously very emotional josh alexander and steve macklin you want to talk about meat slappers slapping meat that's that that match is going to be just you might as well have it in idaho because gonna be a lot of potatoes i'm very excited for that match bully ray and PCO in a match I'm not excited about. <laughs> they are in, they are wrestling in an anything goes match. I have no yeah. I have no with PCO. Uh, MK Ultra. This is my first time seeing Masha live. I'm very excited. Taking on the Sean Taraj, Giselle Shaw, and Savannah Evans. Not the first time I've seen her live for the Knockouts Tag Titles. And Crazy Steve, who's I mean, he's nuts. Mm. He's literally crazy. Crazy Steve and Black Taurus um, in a singles match. That that was created last week on Impact because uh, Crazy Steve guys almost fucking killed Mike Bailey. It was very scary. Yeah, I'm, not getting, I'm not getting speedball. Crazy Hold Steve on. and Black Taurus, that's actually named my team name. <laughs> I, I'd like to see if Black Taurus will be Mike Bailey. <laughs> speedball. Um. I don't think it's a bad uh, card, uh, Nathaniel. What do you think? Well, it's it's a solid card that I'll watch three weeks from now. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you have to take off? <laughs> you know, the, the three weeks. I've already got it penciled in, Steve Willie. You know, when I, mm-hmm. when I get my next two days off back-to-back, uh, one of those days I'll, I'll, I'll watch this Impact show from almost a month ago. But, uh, no, it, it, it feels like a very good show. I've caught uh, some clips from Impact over the past few weeks. And th- like they've they've been doing a really solid job of storytelling and and match configuration, uh, but again, I feel like they're at a level, Steve. Not due to anything they've done over the last four or five years, which if you look at it objectively, they've been a really well booked uh, promotion for the last five years or so. Yeah, but the baggage of the previous. <laughs> The baggage, baggage of the previous 10, yeah. 11 years, I think, is why it just doesn't connect with the larger audience. Uh, but Difficulty I, I think, of seeing the product, too. Yeah, you that, know, too. 
not a lot of services have access. Mm. Uh, but I think for the most part, it'll be a good show. Like I'm, I'm still excited for kind of Trinity's journey in Impact. Uh, so I, I think, you know, I'm I'm not super enthused about Trinity and Alicia. Uh, she's good, but she's just kind of there. Steve Willie. It's, yeah, uh, defense. Yeah, yeah, I'm not. I'm not impressed. She's okay. But but I think this is just more of a showcase for Trinity uh, until we get to bigger and better. Uh, and then that tag match, as you mentioned, I think that tag match is probably going to steal the show with uh, the Motor City Machine Guns. Yeah, I think it's gonna be that one. That and Leo Kushida, I think, are the two. Yeah, the two that. Uh, I am bummed because he's been on uh, weeks. He's been on episodes of Impact the last few weeks. Uh, I well, I know he was on this past week, but our New Japan World Champion uh, Sonata. Uh, was in a six-man tag this past Thursday, uh, not yesterday's episode, last week's episode, and uh, I was like, I'm kind of excited about that. I know, you know, Tony TK likes to hoard all the New Japan guys. Um, uh, I think they're cool getting more. It. Impact is getting more often. Getting guys come over. Yeah, like, you know, they're having Osprey and, and Sonata, and I. I was excited that Sonata was was in Impact. That was very cool. So I'm looking forward to this match. I'm looking forward to this show. Um, I don't think the only, if there is a title that changes hands, only one I could see, and maybe just because it'd be a cool, it'd be a cool like um, lifetime achievement award is if Tommy beat Kenny to win the digital media belt. Um, having said that, I feel like if Kenny's going to retire, if uh, Tommy's going to retire, it'll be on his terms in his backyard. Mm-hmm. So. If that title doesn't change hands, I honestly can't. Maybe the Sean Taraj, maybe Giselle and Savannah win the women's win the knockouts tag belts. Yeah. K Ultra, I could see that. The knockouts tag belts have kind of been like a, a hot potato belt. Yeah, for a little while now. I agree. I agree. Um, but yeah, I agree, guys. I think the Rascals MCMG match will be badass. I'm waiting for some. I hope somebody lands in my lap. That'd be so fucking cool. And uh, Leo and I think Leo and Kashida I think is gonna gonna st- I th- that's my match that that I think will steal the show. And I gotta be honest, uh, I think Trinity and Alicia will be fine. I think Trinity wins, and I think she'll be fine. I love Trinity, so uh, I have a bad feeling. And and no disrespect, uh, Sean Kidd to your girl, but I have a feeling Deanna and Jordan will underperform. I have a mm. feeling. And I love the two of them, but I have a feeling they're going to underperform. Um, Josh, uh, Josh and Macklin, I don't know what the hell to make out of that. Because that's obviously a not really said, but that seems to be a number one contenders match. Um, obviously, Macklin uh, is the former champion who lost to Alex Shelley. Josh Alexander had to forfeit the title due to injury. So I feel like that is a number one contenders match um, for Alex Shelley's world title at whenever the next show is, which I... Well, I guess it would be Bound. Is Bound for Glory technically the next show? Technically, actually, the next show is Turning Point. Because that's... Uh, I think Turn that's, around. <laughs> I think it's two weeks before Bound for Glory or something like that. I don't know. Anyway. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. And uh, uh, join... Uh, it's Sunday morning this weekend. The NWA Saturday... Speaking, thank you for the plug, uh, Nate, earlier in the show. The NWA Saturday special will return... They took we we took Labor Day weekend off. There was a brand new power this past week. 
new set, new everything. Billy trying to wipe the slate clean. Um, Get ready for his new acquisition. That's right. Right. <laughs> I don't know how he's paying them. Signed copies of Butterfly's Wings or whatever that song's called. I don't know. Um, <laughs> no, it's, it's catering. It's the craft services. So it's, many exactly. muffins will be available. It's going to be an office made of candy gl- of uh, sugar glass, not real glass. Um, <laughs> so anyway, so we're going to talk about that. And, uh, and of course, we will give you our live thoughts, uh, Dr. G and I, of Victory Road tonight, if you're listening to this on Friday tonight. So, so it will not be on Saturday morning this week. It will be on, uh, it will be on uh, Sunday morning this week, and then next week back to the regular Saturday morning. So I'm excited about that, guys. And then, of course, for those that are going, and I know a couple of people that are going, uh, Saturday is the taping. Uh, I don't think it's live. Maybe it is live. Uh, the one, th- guys, tell me this isn't fucking insane. The 1,000th episode of Impact. Is that that shit or what? Mm. Think about it, guys. I thought they were, they died like 2012. Right? How many networks has that poor thing been bounced around like a cheap slut? <laughs> you know? America's, what was it, Destination America? Destination HG America, Net. Pop TV. Pop TV, Fox Sports Net, HD Net. Oh no, HD Net was the Ring of Honor. Fox Sports Net, Spike, like all over the place, and it still is kicking. It's still kicking, and they're gonna have their one thousandth episode tomorrow night. If you're listening to this on Friday, tomorrow night. I don't know if it's live or if they're. T- well, I'm sure they're gonna tape it, and they'll probably tape other episodes too. Uh, prices. Are, I'm sure tickets are still on sale. Prices are the same as they are for the pay per view. So that's pretty cool. And and I think and and I think this is one thing I like about Impact. I think overall very affordable. Mm-hmm. Um and they they go all over the place. One thing about Impact, they go everywhere. So happy they're in a they're they're close by. Um you know, I wish more wrestling shows would come nearby. Uh Collision, incidentally Steve, uh, not that you would care or you may cuz you don't live close, but Collision, I think it's uh, the last, yes, it is the last Saturday of October. We'll be up at Mohegan at the casino, Mohegan Sun Arena, which is about eh, about an hour from here. Uh, I'll be out of town, so I won't be able to go. But um, So that's kind of cool. I have been to Dynamite. I have been to a Dynamite. I would like to go to a, uh, to a AEW pay-per-view if it was close. They're great. I mean, there's only been one bad one. Throughout the entire history, like you're gonna get a good show if you go. Right. What was and it? Re- Axel's Revolution was that the crappy show? Um, there was one, the one in the COVID period. I can't remember the name of it. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to go back into the archives on Narso Connection and see the Andrew, Andrew Rich and I did a, a ranking of all of the pay per views. Oh, okay. Up until oh, early this year, and well, yeah, there was the one next... who was like, yeah, that was the bad one. Yeah, the next AEW pay per view, of course, will be Full Gear. And that'll be probably sometime in November. It usually is. And then yeah, in LA. Then then the next one is Ur Evolution, Ur Evolution. That'll be probably early March. And then of course the the next big one will be of course uh, Double or Nothing. Uh, so um, uh, let us talk now, guys. I've stalled long enough. We've been. Our show is now hit. Uh, what are we on time? Our show is now hit um, an hour and thirty-four, an hour and fifteen minutes. 
So it's time to finally do it, guys. We tried to stall long enough. Time to talk some Phil. So, the saga, of course, was that Philip Brooks, Mr. Punk, was booted um, last Saturday on um, collision by Mr. Khan. Uh, there was some repercussions of that because apparently right after he made the announcement on the show, 19% of the viewing audience vanished. <laughs> uh, which I thought was very, very interesting. So, here's the thing. This is an analysis thing. This isn't really, and then we'll talk about like the future for him. This is my official opinion, and uh, Cultaholic Wrestling did a great video on their YouTube channel kind of documenting the whole saga. Everybody's to blame. Everybody, no, there is not one party that's at fault. Punk was wrong. The Bucks and Kenny were wrong, and Tony was wrong. They were all wrong in their own way, and that's what led to this carnival of bullshit that led to Punk hitting the road. Um, I'll let me get my analysis out, and then I definitely want to hear your guys' thoughts. So. Punk, I think, took advantage of Tony's fanboydom, fanboyness, and uh, thought that he could get away with whatever the fuck he wanted. Okay? So I think that's why he was a little more aggressive, because he thought, oh, Tony's, I'm Tony's bitch. Pretty much, Tony acted to with Punk the way... Eric acted with Hogan. Um, now, I don't know if Punk had, quote, creative control. He probably did. We don't know those kind of details. But I think Punk took advantage of the situation. He has incredibly thin skin. He's always had thin skin. Let's be honest. He thinks he's a tough guy, but he's not. He's a, he's a puss bag when it comes to that kind of thing. Very thin-skinned. Mm -hmm. And... I get Jack Perry punked you out. You could have done. You could handle that better, like a professional. Instead of yeah, no one, no one knew what he was saying in a fucking yeah. coquina clutch. <laughs> I, I was watching. I had no idea what he was referring to. Yeah, the coquina clutch. That's like pretty much Justin Timberlake coming to AEW. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Punk just brought it on himself. He disrespected his boss by going on that. He had, I mean. Tony's sitting next to him at, at All In last year, or All Out, whatever one it was, where he, the, the infamous muffin one. He looked like a Tony looked like a fucking idiot, and yep. I blame Punk for that because he disrespected his boss sitting right next to him. Bad move. So, as much as not everything was Punk's fault. He's the big boy here. He could have handled this a lot better. He, of everybody, all the parties involved, he was the most experienced in the business. He could have handled it better. I blame the Bucks and Kenny because apparently Punk wanted to get together and clear the air. He wanted to sit and end this shit and whatever. And the Bucks said no. Now, that's not mature. They should have sat down and got the frick over it and uh, 
and got it taken care of, and I think everything would have been fine. Instead, they wanted to they 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 were also butthurt and maybe thought Punk was disingenuous, but regardless, at least make an attempt. And finally, I blame Tony. Because I don't think, and I'm dead serious when I say this, I don't think Punk would put would 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 do a third of this bullshit if he was in Stanford. He may not love Triple H and he may not love Vince, but he respects their authority. I don't think he ever respected Tony. And I blame Tony for that because Tony came off like a fucking doofus. Damn punk fucking pumping his fist like a fucking 10 year old in the gorilla position. Get a grip, will you? Will you, dude? It's a wrestling company. This isn't this isn't SmackDown versus Raw 2005. This isn't here. This isn't here comes the pain. This is a real company. Act like a boss. And he never did. And he should have forced. When the moment was there, he should have forced Punk, the Bucks and Kenny to sit in a room and work this fucking shit out like grownups. Now. Instead, he ducked it and created a whole new show for Punk and just separated them. And that emboldened the two of them. It gave Punk the the ability and the Bucks and Kenny to think this fucking idiot's not going to do anything to me. And he just made it worse. Tony needed to act like a boss. And he didn't. The most mature thing he did in this whole process was firing. And even this was too late. Hmm. He looked like a kick he looked like a kicked cat when his face was on when, when collision opened last Saturday. Nathaniel. Where, do, where Am I right? Am I wrong? What do you think? I mean, you are wrong on one point, Scott. Uh, you know, you, when you said everybody's to blame, the there is a blameless party in this incident that has suffered, and, and mm-hmm. that is living color. Because uh, <laughs> they didn't do anything to anybody. They didn't, they didn't kick anybody. They didn't bite anybody. They didn't attack a dog. They didn't make a stupid comment on live TV. All they did was make a great song, and, and now they have to bear the brunt of this punishment, Steve Willie. Mm. <laughs> these, these residuals that they will no longer be getting from Tony Khan. That is uh, true. But I think, yeah, everybody's got a part to play in this. Um, I would say the two biggest uh, portions of blame would, would, of course, be on the Muffin Man. But even more so than that, it's Tony, because it's his show. It's his company. And... Chris and I have had this conversation with Andrew multiple times on the NWA podcast where it's like, if you're not going to be like the firm boss, then you have to have people in place that can do that. You know, it's like a, like a football team, Steve, everybody's not going to be the players coach, but you've got to have a players coach on your staff or on the other side, everybody's not going to be, you know, that, that bill Belichick taskmaster taskmaster. Uh, but you have to have somebody that kind of keeps guys held accountable on your staff. And so if Tony couldn't be that, he needed to have somebody in place that kind of held the line. And honestly, and this is not just me trying to get my Devonte agenda off against Steve Willie, I think when you lose Cody Rhodes, you lose somebody who was maybe a de facto kind of line holder 
who kind of like was the adult in the room with Kenny and the Bucks and Tony, like the guy that's been there and done that and, and grew up in this business. Uh, and so when you say, Scott, that Punk was emboldened by TK, like from the very beginning, like the way he came in, uh, that press conference, like the fact that he sat there and took it. And I'm not saying Tony needed to, you know, get uh, nasty with Punk or get physical with Punk, but there should have been like, you know, hey, we're not doing this. You know, go mm-hmm. hit the showers. That's we're going to talk about something else. Yep. And I think because he didn't do that, Phil felt emboldened. And then, yep. like you said, when he comes back, he gives him a whole new show. So I think the thing was, even if you didn't stop what happened at Brawl Out, Steve Willie, before you bring this man back into the company, there needed to be a conversation with all of the parties involved. And like, hey, we're, we're, we're all here. We're all professionals. You know, you may not like your coworker, but you still have to show up to work. Uh, but because he made Collision the in-school suspension show, that made Punk the king of in-school suspension. And who's going to tell the king not to do king things, especially when he's in England, Steve Willie? Because that's where kings come from. <laughs> so when we get to this incident at uh, All In, of course Punk would feel like, hey, I can, you know, even though, you know, maybe Jungle Jack was was talking sideways, to escalate it and elevate it to a different level, Punk felt very comfortable in doing that. And so, yeah, like like you said, uh, Scott, the only thing Tony did that was maybe responsible in this was finally getting rid of Punk. And, and it wasn't all Punk's fault but he is a common denominator in a lot of these issues. Now, granted, we've seen other issues on this roster, Steve, with people like Sammy Guevara and and other folks. So, like, that to me speaks of a deeper cultural issue with AEW under Tony that probably needs to be addressed because when Punk is gone and some of these issues still pop up, you can't blame the Muffin Man because he's not here. And so, yeah, I think it was a bad look for everybody involved, pretty much. and yeah, like you, you spent a lot of money on a guy that, you, that, that, uh, like you, like, yeah, you fired him, Steve Willie, but contracts still exist. Mm-hmm. You still gonna have to pay this man. And you have to pay out something. And we know Phil Brooks, if anything, we know, well, we know a couple things about Phil Brooks, uh, Steve Willie. We know he's straight edge. We know he likes comic books. We, we, we know he's, uh, you know, Chicago's favorite, uh, up until this past week, maybe. Uh, but we also know that Phil Brooks is very litigious. So this is not the last we've heard of this, like, you know, in the, in the wrestling news space, like it might be the last time we see Phil Brooks in AEW, but this is not something that is going to go away because yeah, like, I feel like punk feels he's been done wrong because he always feels he's been done wrong. And sometimes, you know, the, the old saying, Steve, just because I'm paranoid, it doesn't mean there's not somebody out to get me. <laughs> like, I feel like this is going to go on. And it's something Tony should have nipped in the butt a long time ago. So I blame all of these dudes. They're all grown-ass men. But if you are the boss, then ultimately the blame stops at you. If you're the head coach and the team goes 1-16, and 16, then that's your fault at the end of the day. So uh, I think AW now has an opportunity, though, Steve, to, you know, use this bad stretch and turn it into something positive. Uh, and, and maybe they do, you know, turn Collision into an all-ROH show as uh, 
or a rampage into an all ROH show. Like switch up some things, give some other folks some uh, time to step up. Uh, so hope, hopefully it's a good thing that comes out of this bad thing, Steve Willie. But yeah, I don't think anybody comes out of this looking good. Um, I, I've talked about this already a little bit. Um, so I don't want to get too much into details. Like if I were to place blame, number one is on CM Punk for sure, because you're a grown ass man. You don't fight people at work. Like that's not a thing that people do anywhere. No, this isn't this isn't like 1985 yeah. in WWF when Danny Spivey knocked out Adrian Adonis or, you know, fucking yeah. rocket in the, the territory days. Guys. And yeah, and yeah. more than once, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, in a year. And, yes. you know, and this this one, you know, allegedly attacking or at least lunging to the point where Tony feared for his safety. But uh, the one thing I, you know, before I forget, because I didn't say it on the, the AEW show um, there when they released him, when they fired him, there was also a line in there that I did not. Uh, I did not want to forget where it was also talking about production staff and venue operators, meaning mm-hmm. the the actual building itself. Yeah. And it sure as heck sounds like that there were either production staff that got caught in the middle of it or actual like, ironically, you know, with punk, you know, being pro union, like actual uh, building arena employees that were involved in it too. Um, if if Punk decides to do a lawsuit, he's an idiot. <laughs> because there is footage of this. Mm-hmm. There is plenty of footage of this. Yep. And from all accounts... In, in, in my defense, Your Honor, I did yell out, it's clobbering time before I started my, yeah. my rampage. <laughs> Here's me attacking my boss. Here's me... <laughs> Choking out a man, trying to choke out a man. Yes. And, and why did you do that? Were you you're physically threatened? You know, were, were was it self defense? Was it stand your ground? Well, he made a comment about glass being real. Mm. Your Honor, mm. it was real glass. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, Tell me a, what I'm a, telling lies, Your Honor. Yeah, and and this was part of the show. Yeah, yeah. I just didn't like it. Uh, okay and and you know, also just uh, he's he's um he's i'm 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 trying to make my word i i'm i'm purposely kind of stuttering and not because i don't want to go too far mm-hmm. i'm a little bit of an expert in mental health and while i have not sat down with cm punk mm. in a professional manner this is the sign of a mental illness problem to react in such a way mm-hmm. towards small, you know, small provoking, you know, something being provoked. Even Cash Wheeler thought that was egregious. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Remember when that was a thing a couple of weeks ago? Yeah. It's been crazy. We don't even need to talk about that. It's not even a big deal at this point. Um, it, it, I work with, I have some like just regular kids. I have special mm-hmm. needs clients. And we talk about anger as, okay, is this thing that is happening that is making you angry? Like, is your anger legitimate? Like, do you have a right to be angry? 
that's the one. And then my second thing I always say is like, okay, if you are getting angry, if this is something legitimate to get angry over, are you responding in an appropriate way? Like, are you mm-hmm. walking away? Are you raising your voice? You know, those are all okay things. Are you punching, putting your whole th- hand through a wall? Okay, not okay. Punk loses on both of these accounts. This is the stupidest thing. Mm-hmm. And he's already said many things in public on television that is just as bad that it's okay for him to say it. But God forbid if someone says something to him or about him, um, you know, then all hell's going to break loose. And, and again, even if those things happen, you don't get into fist fights like it. You're a 45 year old man. Mm. And and kids don't do this. Like very few kids don't do this. And if you can't control your anger, that is mental health issues. Mm. So that's the big CM Punk thing where I have always faulted Tony Khan is that press conference. Mm-hmm. First of all, I questioned the idea of putting a microphone in front of someone who has just had a wrestling match, a main event fight. Mm-hmm. And when you're going against Moxley, it's a fight. Your adrenaline's pumping. You're, you know, you've just given it all. You're, you're not thinking clearly. I think it's a bad decision. Um, you know, wait, you know, bring the other people out first. Right. <laughs> you know, like bring those out first. Secondly, at many times during that press conference, Tony needed to reel that in. Mm-hmm. He's really good at giving non-answer answers. Very good. Whenever he's on a media call or in these scrums, you know, all of these business people are. It's pretty much their jobs. The fact that he just sat there and took it, I think, was a huge problem. If he would have shot it down, changed the subject, done it multiple times, I don't think we would have gotten to this point. Um. I don't blame Kenny Omega. I think he's pretty aloof. Yeah. I think he would have had no problem sitting down with Punk and working things out. Um, the Bucks, um, I've heard mixed things about that meeting. Like, I've heard people in Punk's camp say that it was supposed to happen. I've heard other you know, people say that it wasn't. Regardless, it should have been done nine months ago. Um, and and they, that, again, is a Tony Khan problem. I also like people like, oh, what about what is going to happen to Punk's guys? FTR. Uh, you know, they're going to get ostracized for this. Yo, they just tagged with the young bucks. <laughs> they were doing tag team moves together. They were high-fiving. They were putting mm-hmm. their arms around each other. They're doing business, even if they're not best friends. They went against each other a week before. They're working together. Clearly, they're getting along, even if they're not best friends. So, it's like, they're, nothing's going to happen FTR. They're one of the most overacts in the company. They are used all the time. So I, I think this is mainly a CM Punk problem, though Tony Khan does have uh, his share of the blame. CM Punk needs I, help. I think that the era of AEW right now is broken into two halves. BD and AD. Mm-hmm. Before Devontae and after Devontae. Mm. And Devante did not like CM Punk from all we're hearing. <laughs> he you was not at, a CM Punk I mean, fan. You look at all those guys. When AEW started on January 1st, 2019, who of that bunch had the most experience in the wrestling business? In terms of the business? I'd say Rose and Jericho. For... Jericho, 
Mm-hmm. Javante. It's Moxley didn't come until the yeah, first episode of Dynamite. He doesn't have booking experience. He's just right. a worker. Devante grew up in it. It's mm-hmm. in his blood. And you notice... Like from, Omega to a point, but not like Rhodes. Yeah. For those three years, including the first four months Punk was here, you didn't hear jack shit about <laughs> backstage problems in AEW. During that time, it was WWE that had all the dirty laundry because yeah. you had pervert Vince and you had you had people pissed off and... And Sasha and and uh, Trinity, you know, they leave, and they were the ones that now all those all those AEW cucks, and no, you, neither of you guys are cucks. Mm-hmm. Now aren't cucking much because now they're <laughs> the ones whose clothesline is laundry filled, and WWE's laundry is behind the door. Why now, all of this stuff pales in comparison to the Vince McMahon stuff? <laughs> However, uh, the the Sasha and uh, well, I, well Naomi Steve, stuff is far Steve, less. I'm than not the looking at stuff. it, Steve. I wasn't looking at it from the like level of what I'm talking oh, yeah. about. Um, no, that's how, not. not that stupid. No, I, what know, I mean I, is, I go ahead. Go ahead. No, all I was saying was, all I was saying was, no, I'm not saying, no. Come on, Steve, give me a little credit. No, I know what you. I was joking. I was joking. Oh, oh, all right. All yeah, right. I was just like <laughs> busting your chops a little bit. Listen, just because I babysit the fucking kids, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, on a side note, now, now, now you—that's the real reason Scott's a little agitated, Steve, because now that uh, Ari's in charge, he doesn't get to babysit the kids anymore. Yeah. Exactly, and Ari's got no kids, or maybe he does, and I don't care. Anyway, <laughs> on a side note, my friend who's a co who, who works at WWE, this pissed me off today. So one of her coworkers who's been there a while was in a, a storage area or something, and they randomly found. Ready for this? The Triple H. Leather jacket, jean vest combo from 2002. Oh, wow. That's she classic. She got to keep it. Mm. What? She got to keep it. Mm. That should be mine. Yeah, I think so. That's bullshit. I told my friend Tiffany that. I said, you walk out of the park, you get that. You mm-hmm. cheat. You, Adrian Adonis, and Dick Murdoch, that bitch, like she was <laughs> Chief J. Strongbow. Okay? But anyway, <laughs> I digress. Pretend she's at McDonald's and throw a rock. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, you know what I meant. But my point is, maybe Devontae deserves more credit for the stability Mm. provided. Possibly. And I think TK treated Cody like Jerry Jones treated Jimmy Johnson. Mm -hmm. This is my company, bitch, not yours. Yeah, but everything's stable. We're great. Yeah, I don't care. More people like you than like me. I don't like that. (laughs) <laughs> I think I still think I think Tony Khan still has a ton of maturity issues. And when you've got a father who not only has a ton of money, but has a swank mustache and thinks that the little <laughs> toy that you and thinks the little toy you own is annoying because that he actually owns sports teams. Um, you know. And there's a difference between running a soccer team like TK or, or working with the Jaguars because Professional sports already have like a regimented kind of ecosystem. Whereas when you're a first time promoter with a wrestling locker room where everybody's an independent contractor, everybody's their own business, everybody has their own ego. You're not going to be able to just be everybody's buddy, which is what I feel like, Steve. Like, you know, you talked about kind of sitting down with Phil Brooks. I think a sit down with TK, if you were actually honest, would be interesting too, because mm. 
I think as great as Tony has been in terms of getting this thing off the ground and getting it to the level that it is, there are just simple things about being a boss that I don't think he gets. And it doesn't mean like you have to be an asshole or a, a, a jerk boss, but you do. There are times when you need to be firm and make grown up decisions. And I think TK has to kind of be forced or drug drug into those decisions rather than being proactive and saying like, yeah, Phil, like I'm gonna need you to hit the showers because we're not gonna do this in public. Yeah, especially I think he has a problem doing that with the bigger names. Mm-hmm. Yep, I think he does too. The, the guys he watched when he was younger. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, and I think a lot of it is Devontae. I think Devontae knew how to handle this kind of stuff because his dad had to deal with a lot of this bullshit throughout the Crockett years, probably when he was even in Florida with the Grams. You know, you want to talk about egos. Those fucking guys, those territory guys. Yeah. You think Harley Race? Just imagine. Come on, guys. Just imagine Tony Khan in the Jim Crockett Jr. role <laughs> dealing with the Harley races of the world. Ha! <laughs> Could you imagine him sitting at the gorilla position? Harley race! Harley <laughs> race! They're all looking at each other like, let's stuff this fucking guy in a garbage can. <laughs> and I think the other thing with Cody, though, Cody, Cody was the perfect intermediary. Yep. Because not only was he somebody who, you know, had this family legacy, but he was actually out there night in and night out with the rest of the guys and girls. And he was the guy that kind of gave a lot of these folks their break into AEW. Yep. And I think there was a level of respect for Cody. Like, I don't, I don't think people necessarily disrespected TK, but I think there was a level of importance, Steve. Where, again, all of this is, is conjecture. But I think if there was an issue in the locker room and you have Tony come talk to you versus Cody come talk to you, I think there's a different level of how you receive that message. Yeah, it's just, I, it, it, it's tiring. It really is. And that's why that part does to me go back. And I'm a huge CM Punk fan. I literally just uh, received in the mail this past week two CM Punk shirts that benefited the Trevor Project. <laughs> Needless to say, I did not wear them on Sunday mm-hmm. to All Out. Um, <laughs> You've been the most hated man in all of Chi-Town. I just didn't want to go there. Uh, it's just sad. But, I mean, it, Seth Rollins, say what you will about him personally, but, you know, Has he's... Has CM Punk worked himself into a shoot, Steve Williams? He did. I mean, Seth Rollins was very clear with his thoughts on CM Punk, which is why I don't think CM Punk's going to WWE. Like, maybe to get into the Hall of Fame or something. Yeah. You know, down the road. But he said he's a cancer. You know, and he said it multiple times, that he's a, he's a cancer, and... um you know, we also know Cody Rhodes doesn't like him. <laughs> so you have two of your, what, top, would you say two of your top four stars? Yeah. You know, yeah. probably Brock, Brock and Roman being the other ones, wanting nothing to do with him in the company. Mm. I'm sure he still has heat with Triple H. I feel like if everyone else went along, I feel like Triple H would, you know, you know, the old phrase, do what's best for business. But why would anyone want to work with this guy? Mm. Why would you want to be his friend? I don't know. He seems actually to be very loyal to his friends. But, like, why Why would you want this guy? Until you wind up in court. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Unless uh, you're on heels. Yeah. Why, why would you want to work with him at a Target, Bill? <laughs> you know, if you're going to throw that stuff out, I wouldn't want you as a, 
as a as a uh, as a coworker in any aspect. I Look at you the wrong way. You're gonna hop and try to choke me out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So to wrap the the Phil segment up, and then we'll do a few news news and notes. Where where does Phil go from here? Um, you said WWE. I don't think that is going to happen. Uh, no, I think he. I but I. Think well, the only now, way that happens is if it's in if if it's a corporate thing from Endeavor. But I don't think I don't even think that would happen. Well, it's funny you say. Funny you mentioned that, Nate, because apparently UFC and he got along very well. Mm. So. And if they want, remember this 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 weekend, this April weekend in Philly, is Endeavor's first taste of the good life. Dana White never gets weekends like this. So if they say we'd like Phil in Philly, mm-hmm. Vince can't say sorry, pal, because Ari can go, or whatever his name is can go, sorry, pal. So now. What I think would happen is, I don't want to say they'd be segregated because you don't want to pull that shit again. But I think Punk has a lot of respect for WWE from a structural viewpoint more than he did AEW in that aspect. Doesn't that, again, he doesn't have to love Triple H. He doesn't have to love Vince. They don't have to be best friends. In fact, that's what happened to AEW. Tony wanted to be Punk's best friend. <laughs> Triple H wants to make money. So I think what would happen is, Triple H would sit with Cody, sit with Seth, and said, listen, he's going to do a program. It's not going to be with you guys. We're going to do this. We will take care of this. I don't think Seth would be thrilled, but I think he would trust the process. That's my opinion. Now, I can't see him going anywhere else for a few reasons. He's not going to go to Impact because they just can't afford him. Nope. Even though he's best friends with, what's the guy's name? Lou, Lou um, Garbarino or no? What the fuck is his name? Uh, some, I forgot his his like his ring name, but some guy in Impact he's tight with. I forgot his name. It's not Demore. It's somebody else. Lou somebody or other. They they, they had an Instagram picture together in the last week or something. Was it like Impact, a former son guy in Dudley? Yes, thank you. Guy. Yeah, yeah. But Impact just can't afford him. He's not going to the NWA. He's not going to. G- he ain't going to GCW because they. Punk Tyrus won the, no. the, the match we've been waiting for. <laughs> you know, I heard some people say, "Oh, New Japan should get him on the phone." New Japan's not going to be able to afford him for one more than one match. Well, yeah, I was say, maybe also, a one-off. He's. And I don't think Punk wants to travel. He's injury prone. I mean, he was—he's mm-hmm. been had major injuries in just several matches. He—he he never wrestled that much. And I don't think he wants to. Uh, I don't think he wants to travel. Yeah, and also New Japan has a relationship with AEW. With AEW. That's, probably exactly. don't wanna... That was another point that uh, that that uh, the cultaholic guys made. Yeah. So, I think he's just gonna do his occasional, you know, see film, see horror film, and mm-hmm. do his, his comics. Yeah, his occasional um, commentary on, like, low-level MMA-type stuff. Right. And you just get help. Seriously, like, this is not normal behavior. Yeah. I think best-case scenario for CM Punk, if he he gets help, Steve Willie, 
is maybe Endeavor would bring him in as a commentator on UFC. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's not a bad idea. You know, he did pretty well with that um, Fox Sports. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't see. But he would have to make some changes uh, in his life first in order yeah. to facilitate that. Yeah. Now, I think yes. you, can, is, you can try to run up on somebody in the UFC if you want, Phil. We saw how that worked out last time. Yeah. Oh, before, yeah, before we end this, um, I got to give props to Hangman Page for two things. One, for <laughs> donating his money mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. he won in the Battle Royal to Chicago, um, the Chicago Education Fund for yep. public school kids. Um, you know, that was a shoot. That was an actual thing. Um, but he... <laughs> Remember how I don't think you've seen this yet, Scott. You remember, you know, Punk made the snide comment about like him outselling Hangman Page action figures and the Page yes. figures mm-hmm, being mm-hmm. peg warmers. And it was like during this time where everyone was supposed to be getting along and spoke out of turn. Um, Page on his Instagram today put a picture of CM Punk figures at Walmart and he's like, ran into an old friend at the Walmart clearance aisle and there was a bunch <laughs> of. <laughs> and I have no problem with that. It, it's it, it's answering with literally the exact same thing that the guy mm-hmm. said about you. I have zero problem with that. Um, and, and I'm a page guy. I like page a lot. Yeah, I, I do too. You, you guys I know think, I love page. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I think he's a great wrestler, great character. He seems like a really good person. Yeah. Um, so I just, that was my favorite response to all of this was just like, oh, run into an old friend. Clarence, Clarence, Clarence. That's funny. So, anyway, there's our Phil talk. Let us know what you think. Uh, and, you know, if, if, if you can comment. Uh, if you have the Podbean app, you can comment. Uh, or even on our uh, Facebook page. Yeah, don't comment if you think he did nothing wrong. Because yeah, I've don't... seen those people like, shut up, dude. Yeah. <laughs> right. Everybody cry, was wrong. Cry me a river. <laughs> cry me a river. Cry me a river. <laughs> or, or just go try beating people up at work and see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to put my HR person in the cocaine twice. club. Yeah, twice. Do it on two yes. different occasions and then uh, lunch at your boss after yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, All right. Speaking of, speaking of, yeah. Here, we'll, we'll start the, new, the, the news and notes with this. This is, this is a great story. So, as noted uh, earlier this week, this is off of uh, Lords of Pain, WWE and LA Knight have been in contract negotiations for a new deal, and some sources believe that extension could be for five years. It was noted that the deal is close to being finalized or has already closed. While Knight is being pushed now, multiple sources have maintained that WWE officials were waiting on a certain point before really pulling the trigger on his big push. And today's report noted, this a couple days ago, that the long-term contract is what WWE wanted to lock into place before moving forward with pushing Knight in a major way. In an update, a new report from Fightful Select notes that WWE began making overtures tonight to re-sign around the time of SummerSlam about a month ago, a month and a half ago. It was clear that WWE wanted to extend it for several years. The word at the time said Knight's new deal was nowhere near being finalized and that it could be done well ahead of a possible expiration, which could have been, which would have been late 2024 or early 2025. In many recent cases, WWE has waited until deals are much closer to expiration before they offer a new contract. It was noted that some of the initial offers from WWE were countered, but no details on those counter-offers were provided. WWE officials have been very high up on Knight for a while now, and it's been reported that they recognize how he has quickly developed a significant following since coming to the main roster. And, of course, he beat uh, he beat Miz at Payback, and John Cena raised his hand at the end of the match. Also, another story that came out about this, uh, 
you know how there's like the internal the internal WWE rosters of like they rank like who the top faces, top heels, all that stuff is. Oh yeah. According to what we've heard, the internal SmackDown roster has LA Knight as the number one babyface. What? Yeah. I mean, when you look at that roster, like if it's not LA Knight, it's Ray. So like <laughs> the the pickings are a little maybe AJ's in that mix, but the pickings aren't as strong as they are on Raw. I don't wow. think. Yeah. So. Yeah, I could easily see that. Like in in this very moment, yeah, I would say he's probably the hottest baby face on on SmackDown right now. Um, I hate to say it, but that doesn't say much for for SmackDown in no, terms they're, of they're a little thin at the moment because yeah. Jay's gone. Uh, so you've got Rey Mysterio, you got Roman's gone. You know he's well, in and out. Yeah, and then so you got you got Ray, you got L.A. Knight, you got A.J. Styles, and that's kind of that's kind of it. <laughs> the only yeah. thing that surprises me about that story, Scotty, is the length of the contract. Because yeah, you, why why wouldn't you want to resign this guy? Uh, the only thing that surprised me a little bit is the length because we all love L.A. Knight, but it's like. I I feel like I am surprised, pleasantly surprised, Steve, that a dude in his mid forties is getting a, a vote of confidence like this. Yeah, I mean this will this will set him up for the rest of his career, and I'm I'm yeah. very happy for him. I mean he's been working for a minute. He's yeah. been around a long time, and he's never really been able to break through, despite being. You know, it, it was a favorite, you know, even as a heel in Impact, he was yeah. former he was liked. world champion. Yep. Billy Corgan said he was going to be a future uh, NWA champion if he stuck around. <laughs> if he changed his views on life. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but anyway. Uh, but WWE, I mean, hey, you know, it, it's, uh, you know. Grass isn't always greener, though, Steve Willie, because had he stayed, we wouldn't get the uh, EC3 Tyrus rematch that we've all been clamoring for. <laughs> Thank God that is not happening. Um, <laughs> uh, the new era of that's power. Still, that still makes me makes me shake my head, Scott. Like the 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 fact that when uh when uh your boy Aldis when he left and the way Billy kind of talked about him on the way out and he's his counter is like hey i got tyrus and it's like i i don't think i don't think you you realize what you're saying when you put all this <laughs> on one hand and tyrus on the other right like one of these oh, dudes yeah, is clearly it. a more credible champion yes and uh all this was on uh chris van vliet recently mm. and no oh, i saw, saw this did not say some very nice things about uh about mm. uh William Patrick Corgan. So I have to, I have yet to watch it. The Billy Corgan, Chris Van Vliet episode was bizarre. Billy's <laughs> got a very high opinion of himself. Um, we talked about this. WWE and Endeavor announced that uh, the, the merger to form TKO is expected to close next to this coming Tuesday, the 12th. So, and they will, mm. they will trade on the, TKO will trade on the stock exchange. And so. the name on the contract says Khan. But not Nick Khan, Tony Khan. <laughs> Could you imagine? <laughs> that would be fucking hilarious. Uh, another death in the wrestling family, another loss. Um, General Adnan passed away. Mm -hmm. 
Sheik Adnan L. Casey died at the age of, I don't know how old he was. He was in his 70s, I think. Um, let me see. I think it was uh, 82. Is that what it was? Yeah, I've read a little bit older. He was born in 39, so he was 84. Yeah. Of course, yeah. I, I, did, I mean, yes, Journal Adnan he was, but I remember him more during his days managing in AWA. and That's and how I remember class. him. Him and Skandor Ekbar would be like, you know, they would kind of be the co-creators of Devastation Incorporated. Um, yeah, that's the stuff I remember of mm -hmm. him. not General Adnan because that was garbage. But, <laughs> but yes. um, Ian uh, Skandor Ekbar legitimately scared me when I was a child. <laughs> yeah. Legitimately scared me. Skandor Ekbar is just a great name. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah, and I, the the way I found out about that uh, was. Uh, Ken Resnick, who I am friends oh. with on Facebook because I interviewed I Ken yes. Resnick once on a podcast, and Ken Resnick has been my Facebook friend ever since, occasionally sending, like, holiday greetings and whatnot. Uh, I saw Ken post about it, obviously, <laughs> you know, doing their ties uh, from the AWA. And so, yeah, it, it's sad, um, but 84, 84 is a good run. Yeah, interesting enough, Skander Ekbar from Texas. Mm. Uh, not... <laughs> Just just a Texan guy. From the wild uh, deserts of Texas. Yeah, uh, Sheikh Adnan was legitimately from Iraq. Mm. Mm. Crazy. That was that um, was wrestling in the 80s, Steve. Yes. Was. You, you didn't have to be from the place you represented. I remember the one I always go back to is P.Y. Too High. A, a mysterious fighter from the Orient who was just some random white dude from uh, Minnesota, I think. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Just had face paint on. It's like, yeah, I can clearly see that you're not of Asian descent, sir. And to this day, I still want to go on vacation to parts unknown. Because <laughs> apparently that's a place. Um, oh, and, uh, and uh, on something that's a big surprise to absolutely nobody, Ace Steel got fired. So, yeah. Mm. <laughs> I mean, that doesn't surprise That doesn't surprise no. me. Oh, that that, that kind of bites, Steve Willie. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> so uh Eric Bischoff says Tony Khan should let Danielson run creative for collision. So collision's now suddenly like a uh a, a independent study project. It's like it's like the vanity label, like 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 when uh when whenever uh, like back in the nineties, Steve, whenever a hip hop artist got really hot they'd like, spin off a bit. They would spin off a label that most times did nothing. Like right. You'd have like a, a like a like a death row or something like that that had popped, but for the most part, like those independent inside of a major corporation labels never hit, and that's what Collision feels like. First, it was Punk's imprint. Now it's maybe Daniel's imprint, maybe Joe's imprint. Like who who's gonna be uh the the A and R at the Collision now? Yeah, Tony Khan was on record saying recently that if anything happens to him, he he told Pops. Papacan, Papacan, to uh, put Danielson in charge mm. of all the booking. I know he's been helping a little bit, too. I just saw something cross that Jimmy Jacobs has started to help with booking as well. So at, at least he's starting to bring more people in. Yes. As opposed to that stretch where he was trying to do everything himself. Which I don't care how much cocaine you take, how mm. many pixie sticks you snort. Uh, <laughs> you just can't. That is pretty funny. Um, also, just found out 
Uh, Alan Angels is issuing an open challenge for Victory Road tonight. Interesting. So that's part of the Victory Road show tonight. Uh, that'll do it, gentlemen, for this week's episode. Thank you both. Uh, chock full of information and fun. We hope you all enjoyed it. Uh, Nathaniel, it's good to have you back in the fold, brother. What uh, is going on over in the Kingston Sport Patreon? Yes, yeah, so, you know, unlike CM Punk and the Young Bucks and Tony Khan, Scott and I met uh, over the past week and had a conversation. Uh, he knows what he did, and he apologized for it, uh, and I accepted <laughs> I graciously accepted his apology, and, and we put that behind us, Steve Willie. Mm, that's uh, lovely. Yes, yes. Uh, uh, Jennifer Smith was the mediator. Uh, I don't remember <laughs> yeah. a lot about the conversation. I just know, like, there was real glass used in that conversation. And it was, was real. It was real bourbon. It was the, the bomb that Jenny was smoking. <laughs> <laughs> and you don't remember because of all the smoke that was in the air. Yes, yes. There's a lot of smoke in the air. We we cleared the air and then got it dirty again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yes, Kings of Sport, uh, Patreon, patreon.com backslash Kings of Sport. This is our 10th year. Uh, so we, we've got a lot of things still uh, in the pipeline. Uh, you know, you talked about uh, Endeavor and, and TKO, uh, Scott, and uh, mm-hmm. our, our guy, 10-Day Ray, Rookie Ray. Uh, he's He's got a show in the works, and then we don't know if it's going to come out this month or in October or later this year. But uh, Ray's a big MMA enthusiast, and, and, and he really wants to kind of uh, launch some, some side programming on the uh, Kings of Sport, so that way we have more than one show a month. So, so keep your ears peeled for that. Uh, it will probably be on the Patreon as well as the main feed, but it'll hit the Patreon first uh, when that materializes. Uh, but for everything else Kings of Sport, just check out the Patreon, and uh, check us out on Twitter, KOS underscore POD. Uh, I've also got the NWA podcast on post, uh, and uh, I'm trying to think anything else recently. Um, Postmarks, if if you like uh, the post-wrestling Patreon while you're signing up for the Kings of Sport Patreon, I'm on the 200th episode of Postmarks, which I believe is going to come out later this month, maybe early October. Uh, So so stay tuned for that, but for everything else, I'm 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 on the X. Steve Willie. Oh, I'm on the X at the, just X the dumbest glory. thing. The, the uh, Elon Musk is, is ridiculous. Uh, I'm on Twitter at in the number eight M O Z A I K. And uh, yeah, this is this was a good good show, guys. I'm glad we all came back together. And uh, you know, I'm 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 gonna be here next time, definitely for sure. I, I, I will never leave you guys again. <laughs> I- I thank you for allowing me to accept your for, to accept uh, my apology of your apology. Yeah, and I and 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 I didn't have to put you in the. Uh, I saw I think Scott Criscola action figure for half off at Target, <laughs> which means it was a hundred dollars instead of two hundred. Anyway, because it was signed. <laughs> Steve Willie, you're everywhere. We love you. Um, yeah, actually, uh, the AEW podcast is dropping the same day mm. this is, so uh, you know what that oh, means. Beautiful. Uh, I was on with it. I will warn you, there's some audio issues because of guess like, who do you think has got the audio issues? Jordan or Andrew Reich? Mm. Andrew Reich. No, it was Jordan this time. Oh, mm, yeah, I was surprised too. Yes. Well, yeah, we um, went over all in, all out, punk, um, rampant speculation, and just kind of poking fun of uh, a lot of the stuff that's going on. Um, it's a fun show. People like it, it's kind of a mix of opinions and such. So we we have fun over there. 
Mm. No, definitely. I agree. Um, of course, you can follow me at Scott C. Podfather on the on the Degeneration Hacks. But uh, more importantly, follow the brand at PTBN Wrestling. Uh, we do wrestling, time travel, and a bunch of other fun stuff. So um, uh, we have great stuff this weekend. Uh, again, just to remind you, the NWA Saturday special will be this Sunday. Um, we will give you our power recap as well as our live notes from Victory Road tonight in West Ch- in uh, Westchester County Civic Center at uh, in uh, White Plains. Um, and a bunch of fun stuff coming up this week as well. So stay here to the feed for everything your wrestling needs. Of course, the quad of pods with the PTB and pop experience, the Jenny position, which is within the no-so. Have a great uh, weekend, everybody. Uh, enjoy Victory Road if you're watching it. Uh, for Brother Nate, for Brother Steve, I'm Brother Scott. You have been in the real main event, and we will talk to you in two weeks. Hey, Steve Willie. Hey, Nate Milton. So I'm really glad that we got to talk about the CM Punk stuff because it was just really hectic, and I'm glad we all got to kind of give our opinions on who was right and who was wrong and who missed. Oh, 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 oh Phil, Phil, I didn't see you there. Oh. The cult of personality The cult of personality